0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace, to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. In this Sunday's Gospel, our Lord Jesus speaks to us some words that we're familiar with, we've considered various times in this format on this podcast of meditations, but that are particularly helpful, I think, for this time of year, for this time of summer when we try to get more rest, either on summer vacation or some change of scenery or change of pace. And our Lord tells us very clearly, come to me, All you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Lord Jesus, in the first place, it's so good for us to see how good you are. You love us. You want what's good for us. You're trying to give us good things. And in your love for us and among those good things that you want to share with us is rest, rest for ourselves. He promises it twice in the same passage. Come to me and I will give you rest. You will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does it mean, Lord, to find rest in you? What is this rest that you offer us? Sometimes when people don't understand something, they might use this phrase. They say, what does that even mean anyway? And sometimes I think when people say that, it's kind of like an excuse for not really wanting to find out because if they find out, they might have to work on it. And so to ask, what does that even mean anyway, is like begging the question or implying that whatever they're asking about or thinking about Doesn't make any sense at all or is impossible. So for example, if you're talking to a student about studying every day or working harder, they might say, what does that even mean anyway to work harder? As if working harder was some absurd notion that, (laughs) that they could never, that they could never, uh, get anything out of or make any, any progress on. And that's, that's might be our, our, Reaction to this idea of resting with God. What does that even mean anyway? We so easily think about rest as doing the things we like or doing things that are fun or just getting lots of sleep, right? Doing almost nothing. What does it mean to rest with God? And to answer that question, I think Lord in your presence is good for us just to remind ourselves, well, what is rest? What do we mean by rest? In the first place, rest is taking a break taking a break from some work, ceasing some strenuous activity. And that's why it's a good summer topic. Summer vacations are like this. Our weekends should be a bit of a break from our normal work routine. But with Saint Jose Maria, we have to stress that it's not doing nothing. To rest is not being lazy or to give into, or to give into slothfulness. Slothfulness? Is that how you say that? I don't know. Given to being a sloth. To rest is not to do nothing, St. Maria says, it is to relax in activities which demand less effort. And this applies to our rest with God, our rest in Jesus. To rest with God is not to do nothing, it's to pray. The prayer is a form of resting with God, to cease our normal activity in order to pray. Rest is also not just a break from from work, but there's a kind of rest that's a completion of work. So when we when we stop working, we can either stop working just by taking a break, but then we have the same project, the same deadline, the same basic setup in our work that we return to. But at times our rest is more of a full stop because it's, it signifies the fulfillment of some task. That some purpose or end in our life has been achieved or reached. And then it's not just a break from labor, but it's, it's a healthy end of labor. And this happens, I think, those of us who work in schools. When a school year ends, it's not just like, oh, well, now I don't have to work anymore. But no, we, we finished a school year, right? For better or worse, this school year is complete and you have a certain satisfaction, a certain kind of rest that comes from that accomplishment. Or if you finish a degree of some sort that you've been working on for years, or big project at work that's been taking up a lot of time for years or months and then it's it's done, there's a different kind of rest there, which is this sense of peace that comes from achievement or accomplishment or fulfillment. And our rest in God is also like that. We take a break from work in order to pray. Prayer is another activity, prayer is not doing nothing, even very peaceful and silent prayer, passive prayer we could call it, is an activity, it's not doing absolutely nothing. And that that break from work in our prayer also has a sense of fulfillment or accomplishment about it. To be with God in our prayer is an accomplishment. And it's an accomplishment that brings us a great peace because our soul needs God, our soul longs for God. As we read in Psalm 42, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so longs my soul for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me continually, where is your God? Our soul thirsts for God, and therefore, when our soul meets God, in our prayer in this life, in doing God's will in this life, and then definitively forever in heaven. It experiences God as a satisfaction, as a fulfillment, as a completion of something that was that was lacking. And when something's lacking, precisely we're not at rest. We're restless until we rest in the fulfillment of whatever we're looking for. Desire is restlessness and The achievement or the accomplishment, the attainment of the object of our desire, is a rest, is a rest in this kind of sense of fulfillment, enjoyment of the end. And this takes work, Lord Jesus, help us to do the work here. Because as C.S. Lewis says, heaven is an acquired taste. We all have this longing for God, but it has to be uncovered. We have to uncover and develop the ability to enjoy God. If we're going to find our joy and our rest in God, we have to learn that our true desire is for God and how to foster that desire in our prayer and give expression to that desire in our prayer. Just because we don't feel it, just because when we think about rest, maybe the last thing we want to do is pray because it's got a certain difficulty attached to it. Just because we don't feel it doesn't mean it's not true that God is our rest, that we can find our rest in our prayer life. And it's important that that the desire and the ability to rest in God is tied to the mystery of God himself. Because when we look for God, many times instead of showing himself to us and making us feel his presence, God does the opposite. God withdraws from us. And that causes us to keep looking for him and to discover him in a deeper way. When God withdraws from us and we keep looking for him, eventually we discover him at a higher level. And so in order to fulfill our the deep longing of our soul, in order to give us a real deep and meaningful rest, God lets us go through restlessness. He he engenders, he causes in us a certain inquietude, a certain restlessness, so that we can search for him more, like that deer looking for the looking for the stream of water, a thirsty. Dear, longing for water as our soul thirsts for God. And there comes a point, and it's a very important point, it's called the dark night of the soul by some authors, or the spirit of, or an experience of desolation, when our soul doesn't feel like it wants much at all or can find satisfaction in anything. It's lost interest in spiritual things, whether spiritual reading or certain kinds of prayer, or even Celebration of the sacraments. And it's also lost interest in worldly things. Pleasures of the earth, friendships, accomplishments don't satisfy it either. And it's left in this state where there's this kind of dissatisfaction or indifference to all things. It's a very painful state. And in a sneaky way, that is the thirst for God. That's a thirst for God. When we find satisfaction neither in spiritual things nor in earthly things, well, we are actually experiencing a desire for God who is no thing at all. The spiritual things represent Him. They're channels towards Him. Even the earthly things can be images of Him and lead us towards Him. But in themselves, they're not God. They're not God. God is always beyond. He's always beyond our images. He's always beyond our words. He's always beyond the things we have direct contact with in this, in this life. He's more unlike anything in creation than he is like anything in creation. God is more different than anything in creation than he is similar to anything in creation. And so, Lord Jesus, when I feel this dryness in my spiritual life and this dissatisfaction with earthly things, help me to be patient with that and realize, okay, this is a desire of my soul that can't be satisfied by more effort or by more images or by more activity. It can only be satisfied by longing for God, patient waiting for God. And in that we can find a certain rest. It's like, it's okay that I'm, that I'm dissatisfied. It's okay that I'm not happy. Sometimes our lack of happiness leads us to a lack of peace, a lack of rest. I should be happy, why am I not happy? What's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? And the answer is nothing is wrong. You're just not with God yet. You're not in heaven yet or he's allowing you to experience some dryness right now in your spiritual life so that you can meet him again when he wants in a deeper way, in a more spiritual way and in even in a more fulfilling way than before. St. Marie would say rest in your divine filiation. whether we feel God or not, whether we experience his absence or his presence we can rest with our faith. Faith is the conviction of things unseen. Faith is this reality, this conviction that the truths that God has revealed to us are real and are true. So we can rest in our divine filiation, which means we rest in the knowledge that God loves us. We rest in the knowledge that God is our Father. Not necessarily the sense or awareness, which can kind of come and go, but in the conviction and that is so restful to be with God, to be with you, Lord, is to be where we know we are safe, where we know we are loved, where we know we are protected, where we know we're with someone who, who has absolute goodwill for us and the power to help us to rest in our divine affiliation. Or as the letter to the Hebrews puts it, those of us who have faith enter into his rest, right? To enter into the very rest of God help us to do this Lord in our prayer life and in our life in general because we live in your presence and we're trying we're trying to do your will sometimes it's hard to rest when there's some outstanding concern, some unresolved problem, maybe we're on vacation and yet we're super worried about what will happen at work when we get back I remember working in schools at one point in my life and if you're not happy with the situation it's very difficult it's like okay yeah, it's june it's july i'm off but september's coming real quick and that painful difficult situation with those students is going to return very quickly right the summer is almost over i joke when i'm at i work at schools now and i i, I like it a lot i like being a chaplain more than i like being a teacher back in the day but uh When we're at school and there's no kids there because the faculty has some workshop or a faculty day or whatever you call it, I always joke around, I say, this school is a wonderful place. If it weren't for the kids, this place would be awesome. I really, I like this place. I like you people. The kids make it real difficult though. So sometimes, you know, our rest can be, it's hard to rest because there's some outstanding problem or concern or worry that keeps us from resting well. And I think we have to be um, smart about this, that it's okay if our rest isn't perfect. It's okay if there's some unfinished business that is bothering us. But we have to learn how to be at peace in spite of that difficulty, in spite of that worry. We have to learn how to rest, even when there's something troubling in our life or in our soul. And there's two, I think, two key ingredients to being able to do that. One is God's will. And specifically, are we doing God's will in this situation? Am I doing God's will in this particular situation? Am I doing what I can and what God wants me to do? Well, if I am, then for my own part, I can be at peace about that problem. That's all I can do. That's all I can do about it is figure out what does God want me to do here and then try to do that. And if he doesn't want me to do something else, well, then I shouldn't worry about doing that other thing. If I can't solve the problem, then I, I shouldn't worry about solving the problem. And so the flip side of that is trust in God's providence, trusting God's care for me and for the people involved. If I can't, if I am doing, if I am doing what I can do and that's God's will, well then for all the rest, I have to put it in God's hands. Now that might not lead to a perfect state of rest or a perfect state of peace about it, But it's a lot better than nothing. And it's something we can grow in, right? The more we try to do God's will, the more we try to find God's will and do it ourselves, the more we grow in trust through our prayer life and acts of trust and acts of abandonment to God for the things that we can't do anything about. Well, the more peace we'll have. This is true. The more peace we'll have, the more we do those two things, the more peace we'll gain. And again, it might not be perfect in this life, but it it goes pretty far we'll experience what St. Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So trusting God and thinking about things from God's perspective goes beyond our own understanding of the problem. And that perspective, God's perspective, can give us peace even when we don't get it on our own. I think this is what happens with Job. Right? Job is suffering in so many ways. His family's been taken from him. He's lost all his property. He's sick. His friends are blaming him. They don't understand him. And Job is having a very difficult time with it. And then God shows up and says, hey, let me give you some perspective. Let me give you some perspective. I'm God, and you're just a creature. And in spite of all the suffering, I love you, and I have a good plan for you. I created you, and I created the whole world, and I'm God. So just trust me in this. And that perspective that, okay, my suffering looks so great and so definitive and so Terrible. And this problem seems so intractable to me. But just this perspective that, well, maybe in God's eyes, it's not that bad or it's not that big or it's not that insoluble can give us a piece. But for this, we have to be humble. We have to be humble. We have to, we have to be a little bit detached from the idea that our perspective on things is the absolute true and definitive perspective. It might be partially true but it's not the absolute full word on the matter because only God has that. And only God has the, truth, the full truth. Only God has the full truth about anything because only he is the source of everything and only he is the final end. Only he is the Lord of history. Only he can bring good out of evil. We can do it with his participation, but only he can do that. And so Lord, help me to remember this, that when I'm trying to rest, when I'm trying to have peace, and there are these things outstanding in my life that are bothering me, that I can still gain some peace and gain even a great deal of peace if I keep trying to practice this, to do God's will in this situation, to look for God's will and do God's will in this situation, and then to keep growing in trust, putting everything else in his hands. Lord, help us to protect our rest. You made Sunday a day of rest, the Sabbath rest. And it's an interesting connection that the day of rest is also the day of our Lord. But the day of rest is also the holy day consecrated to God. And that's not just a practical thing. It's That's not just because, well, if I'm going to go to church, which takes time, I need to be off from work. Or if I'm going to devote more time to prayer, well, then I need to work less. And that's true. That's true. That... Um, The day of rest is a day of rest in order to have more time for prayer. But there's also a deep spiritual connection there, a deep spiritual truth that the day of rest is the day of the Lord, which means, Lord, I only truly rest when I rest in you. I only truly rest when I enter into your rest. I only truly rest from being heavy laden and and burdened when I come to you. Our hearts are restless, O oh Lord, until they rest in you, as St. Augustine says. You have made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And adoration is key here. Sunday is a day of worship, a day of the Lord, a day of prayer. And the key act of prayer or worship is is adoration is recognizing that you are God. You are all powerful. You are at the source of my being. I am a creature compared to you on a metaphysical or natural scale. We're all like this little drop of nothing that nevertheless God loves in, in his incredible infinite love that is himself. But, but just by comparison in terms of our natures or our metaph- metaphysical status, any creature is like nothing. Compared to God. And so we bow down before him, we worship him, we adore him. And that gives us rest, that gives us peace, because we realize that he is God and we're just creatures. And so we don't have to have all the answers, we don't have to have all the power, we don't have to know what's going to happen. We're from him, we're going to him, and he's infinitely greater than we are. And he's infinitely better than we are. And he loves us infinitely more than we love ourselves. That act of adoration to worship God as God and to unite it to this, to this revelation, Lord Jesus, that you so beautifully revealed to us. When you pray, say Father. When you pray, say our Father. Well, that wins us peace. It wins us rest. Rest in your divine filiation. Worship the one true God, the creator of heaven and earth. Recognize that you're a creature. You don't have to make up your own rules. You don't have to make up your own plan. You don't have to make up your own identity. You don't have to have total control over your life or your health or your destiny or your family. You have to do your best, of course, but you have to realize that he is God. Be still and know that I am God. Rest and know that I am God. And in knowing that he is God, we become stiller still. We rest even more. Rest in your divine filiation. Jesus, help me to look. What are the things that keep me from resting when I try to rest? What are the things, Lord, that keep me from peace when I try to regain my peace? And how can this perspective, getting the perspective of God, eternal, infinite, love, all-provident, Father, what are the things, Lord, that I don't trust you with or that I'm, that I'm really not looking for your will in? What are the things, though, where I'm just like, well, I don't trust God in this. So I'm going to do my own thing because that will be a lack of peace. That will be a lack of peace. We have to try hard to make our life better and to do the things we should do, but we have to make sure that it's God's plan that we're actually trying, we're actually trying to carry out. If we're not at peace with God and God's will, we'll never be deeply at peace. We'll never deeply rest. So, Lord, what is it? Is it a lack of trust in something, in your providence? Is it uh, a willfulness that I have to overcome? Is it just slowing down, Lord? I mean, you know, there's a lot of fake rest out there. And these things are fine, uh, you know, in, in good measure, as long as they don't offend our Lord. They're not bad. The things like, you know, YouTube or Netflix or a movie or video games or whatever, as long as the content is not in itself sinful, which can be a problem. Well, those things are fine in their, in their, um, in their place. But we know that they do tend to a certain excess. And if we rely on them too exclusively for our rest, we miss the rest of God. We miss the peace of Christ. And so sometimes we have to like fight against that initial urge to rest in the thing that's most entertaining or most distracting or most ready at hand, our phone or some app or some game or some movie. We have to mortify that. We have to be okay wanting that and not giving into it so that we can buy time for better rest, so that we can we can enter into a time of prayer or so that we can find a good book to read that will be more enriching and therefore, in the end, more refreshing. Sometimes I think that we don't rest well because we're too lazy. We're too lazy to make a plan for rest. We're too lazy to put up with the entry cost, the entry cost of prayer or the entry cost of finding a good novel or the entry cost of having a good plan for reading or a good plan of what to watch and not just scroll through things to watch. So our rest can be a little bit of an investment, right? That if we make a plan, just like anything else, if we make a plan for it, the plan is hard to do, but it ends up giving us more rest. And the biggest trap, Lord, the biggest trap outside of confusing distraction with rest or entertainment with rest will be the trap of doing nothing, right? Uh, giving into sloth or laziness, The people with least energy, the people who are least well-rested, are the people who make rest and idle. The lazy person is not the most energetic person. He's the person with the least amount of energy, even though he's trying to do the least possible to, so to speak, conserve his energy or to rest. If we want more energy, we have to spend it wisely. To rest is not to do nothing, but to relax with activities that are uh, less taxing, as St. Jose Ramirez puts it. Lord Jesus, this summer and always help me, help me to see and to seek the rest that you want from me. We go to Our Lady. Our Lady is at peace. She's at peace in heaven because mission accomplished, because she fulfilled, she completed the mission that God gave to her. And this is what we say, and this is what we will experience when people die. Right? Rest in peace, rest in peace. And that rest in peace at, upon death is not just the cessation of activity. Oh, finally, he doesn't have to go to work anymore. No, it's the completion, right? He completed, hopefully he completed his mission on earth. He died in God's friendship. He died having done God's will. Rest in peace. And and Our Lady will help us to rest in peace, not just in heaven, as we pray for all the time. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. But she'll help us to rest with peace right now. And we can do this even when we're working hard. As long as our heart is in the right place, we're doing God's will, we're trying to stay in the state of grace, we're trying to avoid sin and do what's right. And as long as at the same time we're trusting God with everything else, well, we can have rest and peace even when we're tired, even when we're working hard, even when things are at a certain level stressing us out. And this was Our Lady, right? Our Lady <laughs> worried about things. She didn't have an easy life. There were, there were things that troubled her. And yet at the heart of her soul was this peace because she always wanted God's will and she always trusted Him with everything else. Our Lady, Our Mother, Queen of Heaven, Help us to rest well and find this rest in your Son. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.